Welcome to the Tex-Ags Maroon and White Report, an hour-long Aggie football show heard weekly on the CRM Sports Network in this station. I'm your host, Gabe Bach. Texas A&M's coming off a 45-14 win over UTSA Saturday in an out-of-conference game at Kyle Field. It was a game that started slowly on both sides of the ball, but it was only a matter of time before A&M would turn it into the blowout that everyone was expecting. You know, the Aggies, it didn't look like it, but when you walk off the field and you look at the stat sheet, they gained over 500 yards of offense, and the starters were pulled very early in the fourth quarter. Got a 217-yard rushing effort from freshman tailback Isaiah Spiller, defensively produced four sacks and 10 tackles for loss. Now, coming up on the program, we'll dive into the win over the Roadrunners. We'll pick games in Week 11 around the SEC and more. And we're joined on the show by Texas columnist Dolan Buchanan, Cole Kublik of the SEC Network, and Aaron Torres of Fox Sports Radio. All that coming your way next on the Texas Maroon and White Report on the CRM Sports Network. All across Texas and beyond, people are buying from Tom Light Chevrolet. Why? Because we constantly challenge ourselves to give you unrivaled savings. With the most competitive internet pricing available, there's no need to drive all over the map for the best closeout deals of the year. Tom Light Chevrolet has the largest selection of Silverados, Cruises, Corvettes, and Camaros in the Brazos Valley. You want more for your trade? Come in and get a free cash offer on your old car with no obligation to buy. Tom White Chevrolet is your official Auto Trader trade-in marketplace dealership. Feel free to walk away with cash or use it as a down payment on your new Chevy. Because we know that when you see these amazing closeout prices, you'll never want to shop anywhere else. That's why since 1972, all roads lead to Tom Light Chevrolet. Come and see our team at North Earl Rudder Freeway in Bryant or shop us online all the time at TomLight.com. Chevy, find new roads. As a business owner, your daily focus is on increasing sales, decreasing expenses, and maximizing profit. And while you may have insurance for your business, you may not know if the coverage is adequate or if you're paying too much. With Dexter & Company Insurance, they'd like to help you out. Since 1876, Dexter & Company has been serving the business, home, and auto insurance needs of Texans for a reason. They provide the most comprehensive insurance coverage at the best price. For a quote on your insurance, call 764-8444 or click DexterCompany.com and see what Dexter & Company can do for you. Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. Now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief of symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. Well, look who's home. How was your day, hon? Uh, you know, stressful, exhausting. Lay down on me and we'll talk about it. Oh, Purple Mattress, you know how to support me. Hey, I'm just a mattress doing my job. You're more than that. You're a Purple Mattress. Who cares about a bed with numbers when I have your Purple Grid to comfort my body's pressure points? And forget memory foam. Your non-toxic, hyper-elastic polymer minimizes heat, keeping me cool and comfortable the whole night through. If you're happy, I'm happy. But you do have up to 100 days to return me for a full refund. And give up the best night's sleep I've had since I learned to walk? No way. You're the only one I want to come home to. Purple Mattress. You two can come home to a Purple Mattress by texting OFFER to 84888. And now for a limited time, receive a free Purple product with your order. When you text OFFER to 84888, that's keyword O-F-F-E-R to 84888. Message and data rates may apply. Please do not text and drive. See purple.com for terms and conditions. From ooh to aww. Whatever reaction you're looking for this holiday, spread more joy with holiday cards, calendars, and photo gifts from Vistaprint. And now you can get up to 50% off all holiday cards and calendars at Vistaprint.com. Discover cards in the latest trends or fill a calendar with your favorite photos. So make more merry at Vistaprint.com with up to 50% off all holiday cards and calendars. Plus great deals on photo gifts. Just enter code HOLIDAY50 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com. Code HOLIDAY50.
Welcome back. Gabe Bach with you on the Tex-Ags Maroon and White Report on the CRM Sports Network. And let's look back on the 45-14 win over UTSA Saturday at Kyle Field with Olin Buchanan, Tex-Ags columnist with us in studio. All right, so in case you didn't watch it or you're just kind of tuning in, and maybe you did because I can't tell you how many, you know, I, I text over 100 former players every week, and this was just one of those. And there's always a game every week where half the responses were, ah, it's deer hunting. Ah, I had an event. You know, this is just one of those kind of 11 o'clock, early game, non-conference. So, so let me just tell you real quick what happened. We'll dive into it. 45-14 was the score. The Aggies get bowl eligible. That's six and three, three straight wins. A little bit of sleepwalking, as OB kind of alluded to in his article after the game during that 11 o'clock kick early. But the Roadrunners, they hit that big play. Uh, they grabbed an early lead, seven to nothing. But A&M freshman, Isaiah Spiller. He ties it up on the next play after UTSA scores. A 60-yard run, part of a huge day for Spiller. 217 yards and three touchdowns on 20 carries. The 217 ties the most ever rushing yards for a true freshman at Texas A&M. It ties it with Travion Williams, and it was the bye week for the Bengals, and Williams was there to yeah, watch that's it. that's pretty cool. In attendance. They took a picture on the field afterwards. That's pretty awesome. Uh, just a one-score game until the last minute of the first half. Kellen Mond hits tight end Jalen Weidermeyer for a seven-yard touchdown. That's Weidermeyer's sixth of the 2019 season. He trails all tight ends in the country by one. He only trails one tight end and touchdown catches uh, among tight ends in the entire nation. That's from Penn State, only by one. Uh, 21-7 to at halftime, A&M rolls from there. The defense gave up 132 yards and a touchdown in the first quarter, 99 yards and no touchdowns defensively in the final three quarters combined. With that, OB... What was your perspective take? What do you take away from this game? Um, again, they did what they were supposed to do. Um, and I was I was a little bit concerned that they uh got off to such a slow start. I was I was looking for them just to come out and be dominant right away. Um, but they were dominant for three quarters. And they uh were. And, and again, doing what they're supposed to do. The game wasn't as close. I mean, it was a blowout, it should have been worse. Um, easily could have been. And Spiller, you know, I thought he'd have a big game. Uh, that's a team that struggled against the run, and it was just a matter of, you know, settling in. And then as soon as they settled in, the that that uh, first touchdown kind of reminded me in a bad way of, uh, you'll remember a couple of years ago, A&M got an early lead on Alabama, and then on the very next play after the kickoff, I think it was Damian Harris went 75 yards, touchdown. Yes, exactly right. And it was kind of like that, and the momentum shifted right then. And it was kind of like that. You know, you get the big play, momentum shift. Okay, we're ready to play now. We're mad. Mm-hmm. You uh, you got a, a a lucky you got a lucky punch in. And so, uh, okay, this house is going to be, let's go. And that's kind of the way I looked at it. But, the, you know, against an opponent like that, you look for some, at least I do, some of the things that you're not doing well, uh, I mean, I'm looking at it with a uh, – uh, the eye I'm looking at it is is, is to, to be really critical. And too often, Lowell Narcisse, under pressure, but was able to, to escape around it, you know, to escape it. That, uh, right. you know, you broke down containment or whatever. So A&M had things. four sacks and ten tackles for loss in that game. Could have easily had eight sacks in the game. Well, yeah. They had them right there corralled. I, I'll, I'll say away. this, though, and, you know – the fact is, Narcisse may be the most mobile quarterback they'll face the rest of the season. Oh, he is. Yeah. So, so yeah. So, uh, I mean, I know that he's very elusive. The the, the uh, Burrow, he runs well, mm-hmm. but I don't think he's he runs like Narcisse and uh, you know uh, whoever South Carolina puts out there. Yeah. Maybe the kid, the wide receiver that was playing some last week, but and, and uh, Eason moves well, but not like that. Yeah. I'm not Eason, but uh, uh, Jake Brom. Uh, Brom. Like we said, I mean, it was a sloppy first quarter. You get, like, I think you joked. You might even put it on Twitter. A <laughs> and M was the Coyote there for just a minute, but uh, it didn't take them long until they they woke up and did to the Roadrunners what they needed to do to the Roadrunners. Four sacks, ten tackles, like we said, only three explosive plays allowed. Like, passes over twenty yards, runs over fifteen, and two of those came in the first quarter. Last three, only one explosive player allowed. Uh, in five of sixteen on third down too, so they did a, they did a good job there. Did what they're supposed to, but really, I was impressed, especially well, really throughout the game, with A and M's ability to run the football without using Kellen Mond in the run game. 
And See, you were wondering, I, Mon's been fueling this whole thing. Could they line up with this O-line against a weak opponent and just out-will and out-talent and out-physical the opposing line of scrimmage with the with the young back and just move the football on the ground? They clearly did that. They did. Um, and, uh, again, they should have. Other teams yeah. have moved the ball, run on them well. Yes. Uh, they didn't have to, to bring uh, Kellen in. Kellen even said, look, I, on the zone read, they, were, they weren't biting. They are waiting on me. So uh, he didn't. That, I'm sure that was part of it. I don't know if the game plan was just to not have Kellen run or not. He said that you know sometimes he's looking up and they're they're not the ends aren't crashing, so he's handing off. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and and that's that's a good thing though because that's telling you that more opponents are realizing what Kellen can do, and so now they're having to yes um, compensate. Is not the right word, but they're having to be aware. And that opens up just a little more space for your running back. That's very simple. It tells you clearly what UTSA's game plan was. This We're not letting this sucker beat us with his legs because he can. But the other guy beat him with their legs. And that needs to happen. And suddenly you look up and this kid's emerging. In his last three games, Isaiah Spiller has run for 385 yards and five touchdowns. And probably as important as all that is, no turnovers for the mm-hmm. freshman. Three straight games in the SEC. His first three games in the SEC, he gained, what, about 37 yards total? on like 26 carries, something like that, and and three turnovers, one in each game. Well, he ha- he's been running the ball well and hasn't put it on the turf since going into the Ole Miss game. Yeah, and that's going to be really interesting to keep an eye on him in that regard because it would have been easy to, to dismiss him in those three games. Okay, he's a fumbler. Um, and maybe, you know, maybe he only fumbles one or two times the rest of his career. Maybe – it, it becomes a problem again. We just don't know yet. Yeah. But I'll say this. I'm of the mind, and we've talked about this before, Gabe. I'm of the mind that when you're a freshman running back, you just don't understand when you get – it's one thing going against Texas State and Lamar. But then you get into SEC play, and you just don't understand yet the, the speed of the game and how hard the hits come. And that's oh, yeah. why you'll see Adjustment. guys will, will fumble – and there's that period of adjustment, and it and it seems like he's he's adjusted. Mm-hmm. Well, he's he's hit some big plays so far. You know, and you want him to hit these huge plays against Power Five opponents, in particular these SEC games. You want this to continue because Spiller and Weidermeyer have accounted for all four <laughs> of A and M's plays over 50 yards this season. The Aggies have just four plays over 50 yards this season. One of them was a 52 yard catch and run for a touchdown by Weidermeyer mm-hmm. uh, at Ole Miss, and the other three have been. Two the other day against UTSA, and then a big run by uh, Isaiah Spiller, right in the uh, in the opener against Texas mm-hmm. State. So those are his three runs. You want those to translate and continue moving forward for him. But all four of AM's big plays have been turned in by freshmen, and that brings to Weidemeyer because he's now got six TDs. So look out, he's now officially on Sternberger watch. And like we were talking about after the game, uh, he's he's three yards away from having eight TDs because he had one. Where he was knocked yeah. out at the one yard line, and one he was knocked out at the two. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, he's a threat, and I would think that once they get into the red zone, he- we'll have more with OB next on Texas Maroon and White Report, CRM Sports Network. It is the Tex-Ags Maroon and White Report on the CRM Sports Network. Gabe Bach back with Olin Buchanan, and we're looking at the surprise players on the A&M roster to this point in the 2019 season as we welcome back OB, the surprise players. And that can be anything you want it to be. No real wrong answer here. You can make a case for Kellen Mond that, that maybe he surpassed your expectations. There are going to be a lot of youth being served in this segment as well as we welcome back Ole. Let's let's lay out offensive surprising. Well, well let, let me you, ask you a question. Okay, first. Okay, surprising. Does that come with a positive connotation? In this element, I was, that's where I was going with it. You okay. go where okay. you want to okay. go. I mean, okay. if it's, it's America, because right. this well, so if you were going to say disappointment, that'd be a little bit different, different connotation. So, so surprising. Yeah, we're going to say surprising good. If we wanted it to be bad, we'd say disappointing. The way, so, I, okay. the way I tried to word it is, which a player has been the surprise? Like, the surprise of the 2019 season so far. Okay, from a... Offensive. Let's just a, lay out a couple of names that we need to be on the to, list. To me, uh, to me, it's it's only two guys that are in consideration. And it's uh, 
Anaya Smith, and it's Jalen Watermeyer. And I know, you know, someone said, well, what about Isaiah Spiller? I'm going to say, you know, I, I like what Isaiah Spiller's done. But the fact of the matter, it still remains, almost all of his yards have come against Lamar, Texas State, and and UTSA. Mm-hmm. Now, he's, he's you know, doing well, but I remember when Travion was a big surprise as a freshman, he's going 86 yards against Auburn. He had a huge game against UCLA in his first game. So, so, um, so that's why I, I want to put him on the list. That's it's your list, but that's yeah. why you know if you ask me, Anai Smith, nobody even talked about him. I agree. And the biggest surprise is what he is, and then how he's not getting the ball, and then what Weidemeyer, you know, he comes in late, and everybody's like, oh gosh, man, they lost Baylor Cup, and all, he doesn't start at first. It's going with yes. Bill, and now look at him, you know. So yeah, and, I was thinking Spiller in the same vein, though. Weidemeyer has been better against better teams than Spiller has. Um, the fact of, of what Spiller's been doing now, a lot of it has come against the – you want to see that elevate down the stretch and for him to continue to yeah, I don't expect do him that. to go 217 yards against no, South Carolina. No, but how about rip off a couple big runs? Because yeah. he's been good against non-Power 5 teams doing that. He's coming on. If he go, if he finished uh, – let's say he ran against the last three opponents the same way he ran against Ole Miss. He gets I, about 70, 80 yards, something like that. Yeah, you know, I mean, because we're talking about – legitimate competition, then I'm going to say, yeah, then put Isaiah Spiller on there too. Yeah. <clears throat> I feel like with what Mon's doing on the ground, he's going to keep doing that. Maybe not against Georgia, but I think he can – I definitely think he can do that next week. So I would say you're exactly right. And I had Watermeyer and Smith on the list, and then I added Spiller on the list. Yeah. Because going into the year, I wasn't convinced he was the second team running back. We had Cordarian Richardson in the teens, I think, on 30 and 30, if not like high 20s. So I think a lot of people, mm-hmm. including us, would have figured Cordarian Richardson to be the backup running back. Well, once the, again, we, camp. we come up with that based on what we're told because we don't get That's to right. see. That's right. That's right. Which that takes me to my negative surprise, and I don't mean to be you know dumping on a guy, but you got to call it like you see it. And we've talked about it before. We heard and heard and heard what a dominant player. Um, Michael, uh, see, I've already forgotten Clemens. Michael Clemens is going to be, and it just hasn't been. He's got to be the disappointing player. So, so in a negative surprise, that that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, we all expect more from Kendrick Rogers because of the flash you've seen before. Do it Ken, more. To, to me, Kendrick's being what he always is, though. Yeah, you know, home run with a low batting average, home run hitter with a low batting average. I think the hope was. The flash he showed now as an upperclassman would turn into more consistency, and it hasn't been. This is just what you're going to get. You got to throw him out there because you never know when his day is right. going to be. You know, sometimes you know I like to bet. You know, I like oh, to go yeah. to the tables, you throw some chips, around. and they have oh, that yeah. they have that side bet uh-huh. where you can, uh, you know, kind of hedge. Yeah, yeah. You know, well, like say you're playing blackjack, and they say I, I want to bet. Say uh, uh, if you get three cars of the or two cars of a certain so whatever. You know, yeah. you can do the side bet and. Uh, you know, it's great when it hits, you know, so every now and then you, you don't want to not have that, you know, and, uh, um, yeah, he's like an 11 he, every yeah. time against a five. Yeah. Like, I'm just going to double down here and just hope we'll probably win, but there's a decent chance yeah. that, I, that I don't. Yeah. See, in a few times I'm doubling down, I'm drawing the two. Yeah. yeah. But, but man, when I get that ace, <laughs> yeah. I'm celebrating. That feels good. <laughs> And he's come up aces sometimes, about three times, and lately. Yeah. Well, and then he kind of disappeared again. Yeah, yeah. But exactly. but but that wasn't necessarily on him because the game plan was obviously we're going to run at oh, these yeah. guys, which was the smart thing to do. So yeah, that's I'm, not on you, Kendrick. That's right. But, I'm not knocking it for the UTSA game. Right. No, it's exactly right. We saw enough flash to think that it might come back because we saw it against Mississippi State. Let's put some guys on defense. Well, it here. was going to be Ronnie Elam. Oh, so far. Yeah, he started out. But, but yeah. I guess he's no longer. Well, he started out on the positive surprise, and now he's on the negative. Well, you know, but, he's, not, um, he's not able to play. After that, you know, I guess, you know, part of me wants to say that Buddy Johnson has been this great surprise, and he has gotten better, and he's been a good player. I mean, he's a good player, don't you? But he also has that tendency to be right in the middle of those big, play, those big plays that are given up. So right. that – so, you know, if you said Buddy Johnson, I wouldn't argue vehemently, but I'm a little bit apprehensive there. He's been about what I thought he'd be. I think he's, he's been – He's had moments of being yeah, better than I thought. Yeah, he still needs to get better, and he'll tell you that too. 
Uh, and it's it's just about the whole consistency issue of you know not not going to the wrong hole, and then when you get there in the right hole, you know, Colin Hill uh, making that tackle. Of course, Colin Hill can do that to a lot of guys and has. Yes. And uh, so I guess Damani Richardson, hundred percent. He's number two overall on my list. Okay. Damani Richardson's my number one defensive surprise because he's playing really good football mm-hmm. against really good teams, and he's. Having games where he leads a team in tackles, eh, you don't necessarily always want your secondary leading your team in tackles, but he's good against the run. I haven't seen him be a part of some huge busts, maybe one or two here and there, but he's a freshman. He's gotten in there and started getting his nose around the football a little bit more, too. Had a pick against Bama, the first pick of the year against Tua. Had a big turnover against uh, Ole Miss, right? Ole Miss or Mississippi State? Mississippi State forced that fumble in there. Mm-hmm. He's a playmaker as a true freshman. I think he's got to be at the very top. Now, let me give you a couple other names to consider. Chapman has come along here these last couple weeks, and he was a guy I had written off. I'll believe it when I see it. Well, A, he's actually gotten himself on the field. He's starting a little bit. Uh, Devin Morris, I think, making some plays. absolutely, Devin Yeah, especially when you thought – what you thought you thought about Devin Morris, and then what we think we think of him now Well, in two weeks. All I have to tell you about Devin Morris is when he made that play against – was it Ole Miss? The Ole interception? Uh, the pick was Mississippi State, but okay, he had a tackle the, for loss. The tackle for loss, that's what it was. Ole and I, remember I went seven. Yeah. And I had to get out my flip card. <laughs> I know. And I went, oh, oh, yeah, I remember that guy. Yes. Our thanks to Olin Buchanan. We'll go into trenches next with Cole Kublik of the SEC Network. You're listening to the Tex-Ags Maroon and White Report on the CRM Sports Network. I want to keep my heart healthy, so I get my cholesterol checked regularly. And when my doctor told me my cholesterol was borderline, I found garlic. According to my pharmacist, there's an ingredient in garlic that helps maintain healthy cholesterol. And one garlic tablet is equal to a whole clove of garlic, except it's odor-free. Yep, I'm doing what I can for my cholesterol, and I'm doing it with garlic. Garlic, cholesterol's natural enemy. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Use as directed. Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. (laughs) Now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief of symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. Would you get on an airplane if you knew it had a 50% chance of crashing? You may be riding that plane right now. If you have your money in a 401k or IRA and you plan to take out the recommended percentage each year when you retire, your chance of running out of money is 50%. 50%. But there's a better and safer way to secure your income in retirement. Discover how in a free book called Rescue Your Retirement. This wealth-building strategy has never had a losing year in more than a century. In fact, even the man who invented the 401k now prefers this method instead. Get Rescue Your Retirement free for just a small shipping charge and enjoy a safe landing and a comfortable retirement. Get this free book and make sure you don't run out of money. Hurry, this offer is extremely limited. To get your free copy, just go to growwealthsafely.com. That's growwealthsafely.com to discover how to rescue your retirement. GrowWealthSafely.com. Hi, Gabe Bach here from Texags Radio. And if you're not currently a premium or varsity level subscriber to Texags.com, what are you waiting for? Texags.com is the inside source for all things Aggie sports, the leaders in breaking news coverage, in-depth analysis, recruiting scoop, and more. Whether it's exclusive long-form interviews with Aggie players and coaches or inside on the next big recruit on his way to Aggieland, nobody covers A&M like Texags. Jump on board now and don't miss out on the very best in A&M sports coverage. It's Texags.com. Gabe Bach with you. It is the Tex-Ags Maroon and White Report on the CRM Sports Network, and we're joined on the phone line right now by Cole Kublik of the SEC Network going into trenches, talking Aggie football and jumping around the SEC. Cocktail party. Let's look back, and then we'll look ahead a little bit, but what did Georgia prove to you in the win over Florida? I think they proved that their defense is, is legit, and we need to be talking about that defense is one of the best in college football. 
still have not allowed a rushing touchdown this year. They, they proved that they have guys off the edge that can affect the passer. They've got guys in the middle of that defense that can help stop the run, and the secondary was lights out. Seeing those corners in man coverage as much as I did, being able to make individual plays on footballs was utterly impressive. So everybody wants to talk about that offense, and yes, Jake Fromm was great, especially on third down. DeAndre Swift was phenomenal, but the defense is what I believe the talking point should be about that football team. I think it's one of the best in the nation, and not many people are talking about it. But when you look at the stats, and you look at where they rank in major statistical categories, I mean, they're top 10 in everything. So yeah. uh, I think that defense is for real, and I think that's kind of the part of this team moving forward when people talk about them that they really forget about. Best in the SEC defensively? Uh, I think they and Auburn are probably neck and neck right now. Uh, Auburn's obviously played some better offenses and, and had to deal with some different things, but um, if you put them side by side, man, that's tough. I'd, I'd probably still take Auburn's defense um, over Georgia's just because I know how dominant that front can be, and I feel like the back end's a little more physical helping out in the run game. But I don't think you could go wrong with either one. I'll tell you what, that game you're doing is going to be interesting in a lot of levels because Tennessee's starting to play a little bit better football. And So let me ask you this. Who's more likely to make a bowl? And there's a pretty good chance not that both of them won't make a bowl. There is a chance that they both will. But Tennessee or South Carolina? Who's more likely to make a bowl game, in your opinion? I think it's Tennessee when you just look at what they have left. Now, South Carolina only has one conference game remaining. Uh, obviously, uh, going over there to College Station next weekend, but they also have Clemson on their schedule. Yeah. So uh, that's, that's, a, that's a different animal on itself, as, as A&M fans know all too well. Uh, the, the back end of the Tennessee schedule is not bad. Like I could see a path of them getting to eight wins if they find a way to win this game against Kentucky. I think this game's for third place in the East, and then I think you're talking about either team, Kentucky or Tennessee, that finds a way to win this game. They got a chance to pile up some wins here down the stretch. You know, Kentucky and Louisville is a game that I think the Wildcats should win at the end of the season. So both of these teams could all all of a sudden exceed expectations if they can find a way to get this one Saturday night. Yeah, if Tennessee does that and even wins, even gets to seven wins, even seven with a bowl win. I mean that would be that would you're talking about a team that lost to Georgia State in the opener yeah. and it wasn't pretty and then lost in that overtime game against BYU for them to pick themselves off the mat and it looked like Pruitt might have been on his way out I think that says a, a whole lot about maybe where the, where they could be headed. You know he's done a nice job turning things around. I think you're seeing some of their playmakers really begin to assert themselves and really begin to do some nice things. Um, I, I was. It was odd going into the first few weeks of the season year because the whole talk about Tennessee was could they get to seven, eight wins and they were going to be the surprise team and exceed these expectations. And part of the reason for that was we knew they had talent in certain spots. We knew that Jennings and Callaway and Daryl Taylor and Nigel Warrior and those guys were all there, and they just seemed like they were absent the first three, four weeks of the season. And then all of a sudden in the last three, four, five weeks, they've just ramped it up and Nigel Warrior's making plays and, Daryl Taylor's playing off the edge like his hair's on fire. Patuli's back in the lineup helping out. Trey Smith looks like one of the better offensive linemen in the SEC. So some of those guys that we thought were going to make plays, like Ty Chandler out of the backfield, they're finally making plays, and the team feels more organized. So it's it's been a pretty cool turnaround to watch there in Knoxville. Cole, let's talk A&M for a minute. Cole Kublik with us from the SEC Network, former Auburn center. He's with us on the uh, 12th Man Technology Hotline. A- finish this sentence, Cole. A&M surprises – everyone maybe outside of this community by going two and one down the stretch and you know what they got south carolina here after a bye and then at georgia at lsu i think a lot of people be shocked with a two and one close they do that if blank i think the offensive line still continues to improve now obviously easy to look good last week but we just talked about that georgia defense and how good they are um, go put the Auburn film on, and you'll see what that LSU front can do. Tyler Shelvin inside is is just a mountain. Apuica has played pretty good ball for them. Rashard Lawrence and Glenn Logan are back healthy. Uh, Caleb on Song can get it off the edge. You know he's a Houston kid there playing in LSU. So the, both of those teams are going to have a lot to give you. And by the way, Javon Kinlaw after Derek Brown, I think is the best interior defensive lineman in college football. So. Now, you're, you're talking about going against a couple really good defensive lines down the stretch. That offensive line has got to play great ball. We know what Mon can do. We know what the receivers can do. I think the defensive line has stayed steady. 
for the majority of the season. Secondary maybe been up and down a little bit, but the reality is that I think that team goes as far as the offensive line takes them the last three weeks of the season. Cole, we have a little topic here we, we rolled out there at the start of the show, and it was this. Which A&M player has been the surprise of the 2019 season to date? And we kind of hit this on a, with a positive connotation, though people have been taking it both ways. When it comes to the positive side of things, and by the way, Weidermeyer is running away with it right now by, from our fan base out there listening. So who, who's your opinion? In your opinion, who's A&M's most surprising player so far this season? I mean, he would be in it. Uh, he, he would have to be uh, in the discussion. It, it's, I mean, I would, when you first said it, I was thinking Jermani Richardson, but it's hard yep. for him to be a big surprise because he was, I mean, a highly coveted recruit that we had these expectations for, but you still got to go out there and do it. And I feel like he's gone out there and exceeded expectations. But Weidemeyer makes sense because, I mean, coming out of spring, I mean, I had the spring game there. And we were talking about Cup and Beal and all these other guys, and like he was kind of an afterthought. And then you get a couple of injuries, and all of a sudden he gets to play a little bit, and, and he's someone who's really helped that football team. So I, I would have no issue with that. But for me, I think I, I still think it would be Richardson. Cole Kublik with us here on the hotline. Now, I kind of say this tongue-in-cheek, but – should we just give Raheem Boyd SEC Player of the Year? Think about what that dude is doing with what yeah. is not around him for him to take the beating he takes and just constantly being produ- producing 100-yard games and running like the championships on the line every single Saturday. The, the former A&M player is having one hell of a year, I think, and nobody's talking about it. Be careful. Be careful over there, Gabe, because if you don't, if you don't pay enough attention and say enough nice things about their third-string quarterback, who came in and went one for two and ran the ball twice for 36 yards and proved to Arkansas fans that he is a quote-unquote highlight for them right now. You're going to get in a lot of trouble. Arkansas fans be managed for that. So yeah. be careful. Uh, Raheem Boyd is not the only highlight. For them. So <laughs> The issue is that Nick is the fourth-string quarterback right now. Well, yeah. And, <laughs> you know, the, the, the amazing thing with Boyd is that that offensive line has not been very good. And, and if, he was a little bit more durable. What kind of numbers could he put up if he had been in the game the entire time? Mm-hmm. He's had to leave a couple games, so he, he's a he's a solid SEC running back, and you'd love to see what he could do with some guys around him that could help him uh, open some things up for him a little bit more, and maybe help him win a few more games. But if you're talking MVP of his individual team, uh, for me, it's Lynn Bowden. Thanks to Cole Kublik who joins us each week. We'll come back with Aaron Torres on the Texas Maroon and White Report, CRM Sports Network. Tex-Ags, Maroon and White Report on the CRM Sports Network. Gabe Bach with you. We want to go out to sunny Southern California and visit with Aaron Torres of Fox Sports Radio and the Aaron Torres Podcast. I, I tell you what, I think Penn State's actually done more this year. now. Th- but th- it probably comes down, down to this. Guys like R.C. Slocum and Frank Beamer and guys like that that played a lot of football in the room right now saying if you line those suckers up and put them in like Indianapolis or something, neutral site, who wins – and I think probably across the board, the committee would say Penn, uh, Clemson. But you're right on resume. Yeah. Penn State's done more. Yeah, and that's actually a great point. And, and that is kind of the old school football guy mentality of, you know, if, if you start the year atop the polls, there's nothing harder than winning, especially when you're expected to win. But, you know, I, I look at the resume and, and listen, a win over A&M is good. A win at Louisville looks better by the week as Louisville's actually playing pretty well. But I just, I, I think that, listen, I, I know I just said a minute ago that eye test should matter, but eye test should matter in the other way, too, with Clemson, which, which has struggled, probably, I don't want to say should have lost to North Carolina, but could have lost to North Carolina. I uh, had a couple other duds earlier in the year. And with Penn State, I do think the resume is more impressive. So at the end of the day, listen, we, we, we're going to do this because this is what we always do. We're going to freak out one way or the other. <laughs> Alabama's number three or, you know, Clemson's number five. And, you know, yeah. that's what we do, right? But, like, mm-hmm. it, it, you know, Clemson will be in the top four. But I think right now if we're going on resume, I would have Penn State ahead of them. Let's talk A&M real quick here, both sports. In a minute, what do you think you think about Aggie basketball with Buzz year one? Well, what I think I think is, listen, 
They're going to play harder. Duh. Like, yeah. it, you know, listen, we all know Buzz Williams' reputation. You don't need me to – I'm not going to break any ground by saying, but they'll be more disciplined. They'll play hard. They'll be better on defense. And listen, I, I've heard inside the program that they like the young guys that they have brought into this roster to this team. Um, the problem is that the rest of the SEC is so freaking good that it's going to be hard to kind of – uh, make significant leaps uh, in year one just because I think everybody else is so talented. So I think what A&M fans will see, and listen, this is how a lot of fans are, is after the struggles of the last couple of years, they just want to see a team compete, a team um, you know, play hard, a team play disciplined, and that is one thing that I think that we will see this year. And I would also add, uh, the schedule does break relatively nicely for A&M. I, I, correct me if I'm wrong, Gabe, but I believe one game against Florida, one game against Kentucky, one game against uh, Tennessee, and maybe somebody else. So you have a chance to kind of pick up wins on the middle back half. I think they could finish, you know, towards the 8-9-10 range in that conference. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see. No, you're right. And Kentucky and Florida are at Reed Arena. They do have to go to Tennessee. But yeah, both of those are at Reed Arena. You're right. And and you've talked to too about the computers and RPI and all that kind of stuff. They they love the Big Twelve for some reason. And Okie State's not good, but they're in the Big Twelve. And Texas isn't great, but they're in the Big Twelve. Those are very winnable games. One neutral site and one at Reed. Oregon State, you pick up a, a, another Power Five win potentially in there. You might get Maryland and the Turgeons. You might get, and you definitely have Gonzaga. Just playing them is going to be probably good for you. Definitely good for teaching in the tape. So we'll see what happens. I, I think they're going to be. I'm more bullish on them than most, but well, I, I want to see more too. Uh, but A and M football here. Uh, give me this. Finish this sentence. I had Cole Kublik do the same thing here. Aggie football. Shocks a lot of people by going two and one in their final three games, which is South Carolina at home at Georgia at LSU. That's not going to be easy. They go two and one down the stretch if blank. Finish that sentence. Yeah, I think it goes back to what we talked about last week. Um, they have to find it. Well, they they have found over the last couple of weeks balance on offense. Yeah, and I, I hammered this point home last week, and it's no secret. But all these great offenses, and it's funny, you know, because of my radio show, I watch more NFL now than I ever have. And all these, even the great offenses in the NFL, the San Francisco 49ers, the the L.A. Rams last year when they were playing well, not to mention the Oklahomas in college football, whoever, there is more of a balance in the run game than people think. And I think when we think, you know, high-powered offense, we just think, five wide, throw, you know, four verts, whatever, throw the ball downfield, and that's just not the case. Now, the question becomes, can A&M do it against two really good defensive fronts? I mean, Georgia really showed everything that they're capable of last week against Florida, and then, of course, LSU to close the season. So, I guess even technically three, because South Carolina has their moments, but oh, to yeah. me, that is the key, though. It's, it's just, it's just fi- figuring out a way to be able to run the ball against the better teams, which obviously you still got a couple left on the skits. All right, a couple minutes left and two more little things I want to bring up, but a crazy stat you tweeted out on Saturday night where the quote, worst game day coach has been dominated, has dominated the uh, game day coach extraordinaire. <laughs> and we're talking about Mullen and Smart. Now, Smart's typically had the more talented teams, but you know, going back to assistant yeah. on assistant hate, Mullen just uh, smart has Mullen's number. Kirby's got Mullen's number right now, doesn't he? Yeah, it was just I, I found it in my prep for the weekend. But basically, since 2008, so that is I believe 12 seasons, if my poor math is correct. Um, they've they've gone head to head 11 times. A Kirby Smart defense and a Dan Mullen offense. That dates back to when Dan Mullen was the offensive coordinator of Florida and Kirby was the defensive coordinator. At at uh, Alabama, it continued to when Dan Mullen became the head coach at Miss State. Kirby Smart still at uh, uh you know uh, uh uh Alabama, and then it continued again. Obviously, as both have changed head coaching jobs. And you're right, and it's the point that everybody brought up is that in most years, almost every year, Kirby Smart had a significant talent advantage. Uh, but the but the last time that a Dan Mullen offense beat a Kirby Smart coach defense was 2008. Tim Tebow, uh, you know, Percy Harvin, who I apparently didn't even play in that game. I don't really remember that. But the point being, it's been a long time. 
I think talent is obviously a big reason, but yeah, I just think it's interesting. I just think it's interesting because you and I both love Dan Mullen. You and I both have questions about Kirby Smart, but for whatever reason, this guy has his number, and I don't think there's any doubt anybody that watched that game last week would feel the same way, at least for this one particular season, uh, you know, going forward. All right, so in the interest of time, 30 seconds, Tigers out at at FSU. Who is next to be out? Do you think it's Helton? Do you think it's one of these other second-year coaches who are bombing right now? Your gut feeling on who's next to be out in college football? I do think it's Helton, um, and I think it's really interesting. I, I actually thought, based on how things went Saturday, that it could happen Saturday. If you had told me at the end of the night that there's going to be one head coach out by the, by midday the next day, I wouldn't have hesitated to say Clay Helton. Now, I think not having an AD uh, is a factor there as, as the new AD is expected to be announced this week. But, listen, I'll just say this real quick. is I, I, I actually think Clay Helton's better than people give him credit for. Big thanks to Aaron Torres. We'll take a timeout and come back with the final segment of the program running down the SEC games of Week 11 next on the Tex-Ags Maroon and White Report, CRM Sports Network. All across Texas and beyond, people are buying from Tom Light Chevrolet. Why? Because we constantly challenge ourselves to give you unrivaled savings. With the most competitive internet pricing available, there's no need to drive all over the map for the best closeout deals of the year. Tom Light Chevrolet has the largest selection of Silverados, Cruises, Corvettes, and Camaros in the Brazos Valley. You want more for your trade? Come in and get a free cash offer on your old car with no obligation to buy. Tom Light Chevrolet is your official Auto Trader trade-in marketplace dealership. Feel free to walk away with cash or use it as a down payment on your new Chevy. Because we know that when you see these amazing closeout prices, you'll never want to shop anywhere else. That's why since 1972, all roads lead to Tom Light Chevrolet. Come and see our team at North Earl Rudder Freeway in Bryant or shop us online all the time at TomLight.com. Chevy, find new roads. Well, look who's home. How was your day, hon? Uh, you know, stressful, exhausting. Lay down on me and we'll talk about it. Oh, Purple Mattress, you know how to support me. Hey, I'm just a mattress doing my job. You're more than that. You're a Purple Mattress. Who cares about a bed with numbers when I have your Purple Grid to comfort my body's pressure points? And forget memory foam. Your non-toxic, hyper-elastic polymer minimizes heat, keeping me cool and comfortable the whole night through. If you're happy, I'm happy. But you do have up to 100 days to return me for a full refund. And give up the best night's sleep I've had since I learned to walk? No way. You're the only one I want to come home to. Purple Mattress. You two can come home to a Purple Mattress by texting OFFER to 84888. And now for a limited time, receive a free Purple product with your order. When you text OFFER to 84888, that's keyword O-F-F-E-R to 84888. Message and data rates may apply. Please do not text and drive. See purple.com for terms and conditions. If you're worried about your cholesterol, hear how others are taking charge with garlic. My doctor said my cholesterol was borderline, but I've been taking garlic, and it works. I've been taking garlic for years. My pharmacist recommended garlic. He said there's an ingredient in garlic that helps maintain healthy cholesterol. I take garlic every day. No garlic breath. Lots of people like you are choosing garlic to help maintain a healthy cholesterol. Garlic, it's cholesterol's natural enemy. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Use as directed. From ooh to aww. Whatever reaction you're looking for this holiday, spread more joy with holiday cards, calendars, and photo gifts from Vistaprint. And now you can get up to 50% off all holiday cards and calendars at Vistaprint.com. Discover cards in the latest trends or fill a calendar with your favorite photos. So make more merry at Vistaprint.com with up to 50% off all holiday cards and calendars. Plus great deals on photo gifts. Just enter code HOLIDAY50 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com. Code HOLIDAY50. Hey, y'all, Jeff Foxworthy here. Now, if you've ever found yourself repeating the same thing over and over for 75 years, you might be Smokey Bear. Only you can prevent wildfires. That's why I'm filling in for Smokey to switch things up, because there's a lot more to say. And I should know, because my grandfather was a firefighter, and one of the things he taught me is that the people that love the outdoors the most are often the ones accidentally starting wildfires. Which means always BYOB. <laughs> no, bring your own bucket to the campfire.
and be extra careful with things like burning yard trimmings. Don't just walk away, or chances are you might be starting a wildfire. So for the love of the outdoors, go to SmokeyBear.com to learn more about wildfire prevention. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Final segment of the Tex-Ags Maroon and White Report on the CRM Sports Network. Gabe Bach with you, and let's look down to look ahead to the schedule of Week 11 in the SEC. Vanderbilt at two and six, one and four in the league, and it's just been a terrible year for Derek Mason. They're going on the road; it'll probably get worse. They're at the Swamp, number ten, Florida at seven and two, four and two in the SEC. It's an early morning game, eleven o'clock Central, noon local time in Gainesville on ESPN. Florida is favored by 26, and what the heck. Florida's probably going to cover the spread. Come out mad. They lost the cocktail party. Get Trask going. Get the passing game back reared up and revved up. Get the running game revved up again, and they'll roll Vandy because Vandy stinks. And frankly, I thought they'd have enough offensive weapons to be competitive in games like this and then to win more than they have this year and maybe make a bowl game. With their talent level and the skill positions offensively, it is a crime that they're 2-6 and six in the SEC. With those six losses, just awful. Just bad, bad losses. It really is. So Vanderbilt, they're not going to uh, be – it'll be a, a cover for Florida. They're not going to be able to chunk – to eat up some of that. Florida minus 26, I think the Gators roll in this game. Western Kentucky, 5-4 and four at Arkansas at 2-7. and seven. Arkansas's former third-string quarterback, Ty Story, who played and started a game for the Razorbacks last year, is about to come back into Reynolds Razorback Stadium for an 11 o'clock game on the SEC Network that nobody will be watching unless you're interested to see if the Hilltoppers can pull it off, and I think they're going to. How about this? Vegas has this game at 2.5 in favor of Arkansas, and they're begging to turn the lights back on Club Dub, who Arkansas is 2-7. and seven right now they've only celebrated in the locker room twice all year and i don't think they'll be celebrating on saturday and it'll probably could be the end of the chad morris era because western kentucky is not only going to cover that they'll win the game outright saturday at razorback stadium in fayetteville how about that new mexico state oh and eight those aggies winless on the year at old miss at three and six three o'clock vod hemingway stadium on the sec network the Rebels are favored by 28, and I think they cover because New Mexico State is really bad. And Ole Miss has got some – they've got some talent, and they're a lot better defensively than they've been. They held Auburn to 20 the other day. They did get thrown on a lot but kept them out of the end zone for the most part. And they've got skill, that dangerous weapons offensively, and that quarterback can scare you too. And I think he runs all day, and they'll probably have him out by the middle of the third quarter. But – Ole Miss, who I don't think is going to a bowl game, but they'll get their fourth win big time on Saturday. They'll roll and cover the 28. Missouri, 5-3 and three overall, 2-2 two and two in the SEC at number 6, Georgia, who's 7-1, and 4-1 and one in the SEC, coming off the win over Florida. This is a night game, 6 o'clock Central Time, Sanford Stadium on ESPN, UGA favored by 17. They'll win it because they're so much better than Missouri, and the Tigers are Jekyll and Hyde. They're an awful team away from from uh, from uh, Faroe Field, they are awful, but they are but they're really good at home. They've been great, really good at home this year. I wouldn't call them great, but really good at home and just brutally bad away from their home field, away from Columbia. And so I think Georgia rolls that in that game. Appalachian State. This is an interesting game. Appalachian State was seven and zero. They lost last week. Now they're going into South Carolina. They were ranked twentieth before that loss. Now they're unranked, and they're going to the Gamecocks at 4-5 and five, who are desperate to get a win here. And then they still have A&M and Clemson to close out to try to get bowl eligible. But they don't even stand a chance if they lose this game on Saturday. I don't think they're going to. South Carolina's at 4-5, and five, 6 o'clock, Williams-Brice Stadium on ESPN2. South Carolina favored by 5. I think they win. I think they cover the skill they've got offensively. Uh, Helensky can get the ball out to Shy Smith and Brian Edwards, and they've got a bunch of backs. And then just to battle up front, they've been better on the offensive line. They've been much better on the defensive line this year. Ken Law and DJ Wanham, those guys do a great job there. And I just think 
overall talent level will win out. South Carolina will win and cover the five points. Tennessee four and five and two and three in the SEC at Kentucky four and four two and four in the league. The loser is going to have a really tough time making a bowl game. Six thirty at Kroger Field on the SEC Network. I found it interesting that Tennessee's favored by a point. No doubt in my mind, Kentucky wins this game. I know Tennessee's playing better, but Kentucky with Lynn Bowden, their best receiver, is now playing quarterback, and he's fueled them in a lot of ways, and their defense is playing much better, as to be expected from a Mark Stoops coach team. They're going to be tough, and they'll out-tough Tennessee. Kentucky in the points all day. I think the Cats at home win outright. And that brings us to the big game in the SEC. Number one, LSU, 8-0, 4-0 in the league, at number two, Alabama. 8-0, 5-0 in the SEC. This is a 2.30 p.m. kick at Bryant-Denny Stadium on CBS. Alabama at home, getting the home extra points here in favor by 6.5. I think this game is going to go down to the wire and be a classic game. With Joe Burrow, what he can do offensively, they'll be able to – they're getting the running game going a little bit too, and that's not being talked about enough. And Bama has been susceptible against the run. I think Clyde Edwards-Hilaire – is able to run it enough in that 60, 70, 80-yard range, get him a touchdown, open it up enough for Burrow in that dynamic passing attack, and then we'll see about how healthy Tua is. If Tua's healthy, they'll probably out-duel LSU. And LSU's been thrown on a lot this year, that DBU. They've been thrown on. But got a bunch of talent back there, and Stingley's really coming at corner. He's one of the best in the country. So that's going to be very interesting, especially if Tua's not 100%, and the game completely changes if Tua's out and Mac Jones is at quarterback. But I think Tua will play, but the question is, how close to full health is he going to be? That's a real question mark. I have LSU in the points here, Alabama winning in a field goal game. One, two, three points, something like that. As for A&M, it's a bye week, and it comes at a great time. This helps A&M get key players healed up and recover for the stretch run. Guys like Courtney Davis, who missed last week. Elijah Blades missed last week, and so did Damani Richardson. He was out with a with a with an injury to his arm. So with him coming back, those three guys potentially coming back for South Carolina, it's a great time. Also, it helps these freshmen avoid that proverbial freshman wall, which can creep up about this point in the schedule. It's a second weekend off, and for a young team with only one senior starter, that's huge. South Carolina has to play a real game against Appalachian State. They're still trying to get bowl eligible. They can't put any attention on A&M, and then they travel to Kyle Field. A&M gets the weekend off and doesn't travel. They host South Carolina. Big edge to the Aggies. Two weeks to prepare for the Gamecocks, and next week we'll break that down forwards and backwards on the Tex-Ags Maroon and White Report. Big thanks to Olin Buchanan, Cole Kublik, Aaron Torres, and our producer Dalton Hughes and Tara Cochran as well. You've been listening to the Tex-Ags Maroon and White Report on the CRM Sports Network.